Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Luke chapter 15, if you would turn there with me. The Lord's help for the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you something I, I know that God has put in my heart. It's called the ministry of candles and brooms. Luke 15, verse 1. The hymn in verse 1 is, is, is Jesus, and it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners. Can, can, I, can I just stop here for a second? If your religion is not attractive to the lost, something's wrong. Think about that for a moment. I know some Christians that are so holy, the unholy can't stand to be around them. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke, unto them, he spoke this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Verse 8. Either that woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and Seek diligently till she find it. And when she found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is a joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, I just, I just pray that I, I could be 
faithful in delivering what you have put on my heart. I declare liberty of spirit and clarity of thought. And Father, I I know that your word will never return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. Holy Spirit, speak to us individually. Change our lives through the truth that you reveal to us. Amen. You can be seated, church. There, you often hear these parables extracted out one at a time and, and a message preached on them. And that, that's fine to do. I'm, prob- I'm sure down through the years I've done the same thing. But to fully understand what Jesus was saying, we've got to look at this whole picture. He, he, he did not divide this up. He did not say, okay, I've got a parable to share with you, and now we're done with that parable. I've got another parable to share with you, and, and then I've got another parable. He, we just read it. He just, it's, it's all, it took about as long for him to tell the story as I just read it. It was one right after another. He, he tied them together because it's, you ladies know when you go to bake something, if you leave one ingredient out, the whole thing falls apart. And to get the, the whole truth that he's trying to share here, you, you have to look at all three parables together. And not only get the truth out of what is in all of them, what is similar in all of them, but, but the, the, the things that stand out. In other words, he added an ingredient in one parable because it was needed, even though the other parables don't share it. And so we, we, we know that there's a couple of things these parables all have in common. In all of them, something is lost. We have a lost sheep, we have a lost coin, and we have a lost son. Second thing they have in common is they all have a good ending. I love it when the stories of God have a good ending. And even though the story, each of these stories begin with a loss, there's a plus at the end. And the thing they all have in common is that they, they all end up with good news. But, but, but in, that, in that story, there's something we got to extrapolate out of that, and that is that, that every one of these people had friends who celebrated with them. And I didn't understand why it was that there was a quickening as I read that. And, and, I, and I think I understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me. And that is that the church needs to get back to learning what it really means to celebrate. We don't do that very good. We just don't. We don't, we don't celebrate with one another very good. When something good happens for for somebody, the Bible says we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we're to weep with those who weep. And, and we've gotten to the place in America, I, I think because we're so inundated with stories and news. Anybody else just getting numb to stuff anymore? I don't even want to turn the TV on. I, I open up Facebook, it's just like, Anymore, I'm hitting and running. 
I'll get on Facebook and post and quick get off before I read something. And we, we, we need to know the importance of celebrating. Jesus tells these three parables, and he ends up with all of them celebrating. And he's telling us that they celebrated because celebration is important. I remember going through a, a difficult time, and I, 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 sat, I, I was sitting down with somebody and, and just, just sharing with them the struggle that I've gone through and, and the problems that we're facing, and I, I wanted their input. And when I got done, he was looking at me kind of strange. And I said, what, why are you looking at me like that? He says, to hear you talk, I don't understand why we're not celebrating right now. I said, what do you mean? He says, look at what you told me. Look at all the stuff you've been through, and yet you're still standing. And he still loves you, and you're still doing ministry, and you still have a good heart, and you're not angry. He said, why aren't we celebrating that instead of moaning all the bad that happened? You see, we in the church too often, we... We, 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 we get the lost sheep, and then we wonder, why did it get lost? And, and what happened to it when it was lost? And, and I wonder if we're going to lose another one instead of celebrating the reality. I remember in church, I was around some of those saints, you know, the ones that look like they've been baptized in vinegar. And somebody got saved, and this was somebody that had been to the church for a good while, and you wondered if they were ever going to give their heart to God, but there came that one service, and, and they gave their heart to God, and, and man, I'm just on cloud nine, and I said, wasn't that awesome? And the three of them are standing there, and one of them said, let's just see how long it lasts. I, I, re I remember there, there, there came a time... <laughs> We, we went to pastor that church, and God blessed, and we grew, and there were people get saved, and young people getting saved, and, and called, and, and, and God's using them, and I'm encouraging the gifts of God in them, and they're using them, and, and they're prophesying, and they're praying for the sick, and, and we, had, we had a service break out. And I, I, don't, I don't know how many, there was maybe 200 people there, and we had a service break out where, where the young people would just go around laying hands on people, and man, half the congregation was on the floor. And they were, packed, they were like packs of wolves. They walked around in groups of three or four just looking for somebody to pray for. And they'd get around somebody, and they'd pray and pray and pray until a healing or a deliverance happened. I remember me and some guy standing at the back wall and said, whatever you do, don't make eye contact. They'll come pray for you. And there were, there, were, there were believers who got upset with me. Pastor, they haven't been saved long enough to be praying for people. I said, I'm not the one that determines that. I don't care if they've been saved a day, an hour, a week, a month, a year, five years. They lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. Amen to that. Let's celebrate that. I told the young people in our church, along with the elders in our church, I said, young people, you, you need to do 
You need to learn respect for those that are older than you in the Lord. Had all the old people say amen, and the young people just look at me. And I said, old people, you need to know you've been called to a ministry more than just complain about the young people. And the young people said amen, and the old people just looked at me. We need to learn what it means to celebrate. Something good happens to Carol, we need to celebrate with Carol. Something good happens to John, we need to celebrate with John. And we need to not only have friends, we, we need to surround ourselves with people who will celebrate us. Because listen to me, I, I found out about certain people in, in life that there are some people who will like you, but they won't celebrate you. They like you because of what you can do for them, but they won't celebrate you when something good happens. Come on. And we need to be those kind of people that will celebrate somebody else. I've told you before, I'm, I think this is going to be surpassed one day. And I thank God for every time I've gathered together with the body of believers. But I still have that one service that right now is still my favorite service, if you can have a, a favorite service. And it was on a Sunday night. And, and though I, I delivered the word, there's just there was a unique thing that happened in the altar service. And, and I literally lost count of the number of people that had genuine, verifiable miracles of healing. There were people that got delivered. There were people that got saved. There were people that got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the thing that stood out at me as to why that's my favorite service is I didn't pray for a single one of those people. Everybody else prayed for them. And it happened. And we need to have a heart that's willing to celebrate God doing good things in somebody else. I'm believing God to do incredible things. It's been my heart's cry since he's called me into the ministry for him to restore the awesome and the wonder to the body of believers. In Acts chapter 2, it said that those on the outside looked in and they were in awe and they wondered. And I want to tell you something. If the awe and the wonder comes through you, I'm going to celebrate you. And we need to have that attitude, folks, where we're willing to celebrate one another. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to celebrate you. Give me just a moment. If I don't change the setting on this, it's going to keep turning off on me. things that was different in these parables is the lost sheep had a role to play in it being lost. Sheep are pretty dumb animals. I'm not, I'm not, I've never known how to feel about when God refers to us as sheep. 
They are. They're, they're cute, but they're, they're dumb. Am I telling the truth, BJ? They are dumb as a wall. We, and they are so influenceable. That's not a word. We're going to make it one today. Easily influenced. We, we used to buy our, our animals off of a, a local farmer, and I went over there to see if he had certain something, and he, he, he wanted to know if I wanted a, a, a baby lamb. And I said, what's, what's wrong? And he said, the mother had two, and she won't take care of this one. He said, so, you know, it, it's going to die because I am not feeding that thing. So for five bucks, I got a lamb. And a ton of work and a ton of headaches. I didn't, I didn't have any other sheep. Now, we had four or five dogs. I didn't have any other sheep, but so that sheep grew up around the dogs. And that sheep got to thinking it was a dog. And I'll tell you, it was the funniest thing. A sheep's pretty fast if it's running straight forward, but it can't turn. And I'd see our dogs take off after a rabbit. <laughs> And there'd be Rusty, and there'd be Duchess, and there'd be Bingo, and, and then a sheep. <laughs> and they'd be running after the rabbit, and the rabbit would turn, and the dogs would turn, and the sheep would go, whoa, way big turnout like that. It can't make those turns. It just thought it was a dog chasing rabbits. I don't know what it would have ever done if it had caught it. They're not very smart animals. You ever done anything dumb in your life? Anybody? I'm not, I'm not don't, let's not get started talking about it, but yeah. Well, the, the, the first parable, the, the sheep had a, a role in that. It, it, it helped itself get lost. In the last parable, it was the younger son. Anybody in here do something stupid when you were young? <laughs> I had a friend named Richie. He had an old Buick with a 400 cubic inch motor in it. And it, it, was, it was fast for an old beater. The problem with it was is he didn't have any brakes. Absolute true story. In fact, the, the brake pedal, some, it was a linkage was broke or something, and it would aggravate you because it would bounce back and forth as he drove, and so we, we tied it up so that the noise wouldn't irritate us. And, and you, the way you, you stopped the car is you downshifted, and then when you got close, you used emergency brake. Okay. I think one of the dumbest things I ever did as a kid is I'd be riding along with Richie and, and somebody pull up next to him and race their motor and off we'd go racing. 80, 90, 100 miles an hour in a car that got no brakes. Is that not stupid? Andrew, is that stupid? Second most stupid thing I did is we thought this was funny. We lived in Medina. You know, there's a beautiful square in Medina and we'd We'd, we'd take turns. We'd, one of us would get in the back seat of the car, and the other one would lay on the front seat of the car and work the pedals and steer. 
based on what the guy in the back seat is telling us. And then you pull up to a traffic light and the people would look over because there's no driver because <laughs> they're laying on the seat. And, but there's somebody in the back seat. And the light would turn green and the car would take off. And they're like, that's really stupid, people. Do not try this at home. That's, that's really dumb. But this, this young son was really dumb. He basically looked at his dad and said, Dad, I, you're taking too long to die. I, I want my money now. Don't tell me that didn't sting a little bit. But the coin. It's on my heart to talk to the coin people today. You see, the sheep played a role in getting lost, and, and the younger son played a role in getting lost, but the coin was dropped. It, it, it bears no responsibility in the story at all. It can't help where it was dropped. Somebody else did that. Through no fault of its own, the coin founds, finds itself in a place where it doesn't want to be and, and where it, it, its usefulness is now zero because you, once money you've lost it, it's gone. I, I remember back when I was broke and I was dating, I had stopped to clean up my car and I had $20 for my date. That was it. That was going to have to do it all, but back then, twenty dollars would pretty much do the whole date. And, and I remember vacuuming out the car, and I, I had my, my, my twenty dollars on the council between the two seats. And the whole time I'm vacuuming, I'm thinking, "Don't get too close." But there was that crumbs from my quarter pounder, and I didn't want my girlfriend to see that. And, I, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Don't, don't." Any, anybody else? sucked up my $20. Anybody else know what the inside of one of those vacuum cleaners look like? I can tell you what it looks like. <laughs> I can tell you what it looks like. I had to cut the lock off, pull out the canister and dig through there. It's my 20 bucks. For a moment, that $20 had value to me, but the moment it got sucked up in the machine, it's gone. And, and that was my fault. It wasn't the fault of the $20. It was sitting there where I put it, and now it's in this dirt, this mess. That fast. And I'm talking to some people here this morning that Though you can relate to the lost sheep because you've done some stupid things and you can relate to the lost son because as a young person you did some stupid things, the reality is you're dealing with some things right now that were not caused by anything you did. Somebody dropped you. 
And for too long, we in the body of Christ have not known what to do with those who have been dropped. Because when the church found you, 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 you were drunk. And when the, when the church found you, you, you had a needle in your arm. When the church found you, you were in, at the girly show. When the church found you, you were angry. When the church found you, you, you were depressed. When, when the church found you, you were a mess and you didn't know what to do with your life. When, when the church found you, 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 were, you were right where somebody had dropped you. You weren't there because you chose to be there. You're there because you were dropped there. And the church showed up with a gavel. And they, they, they want to judge that person. Those stinking homosexuals. Those nasty drunkards, those terrible drug addicts, that divorced person. And the church too often wants to show up with, with, with a gavel and, and say, look how bad you are. And what the church forgets is you're not there because you're bad. You're there because you were dropped by somebody. Come on. Well, all this going on in the news about a Supreme Court justice, I, I have another question I'm, at, I'm asking. Where was dad and mom that a 15-year-old girl was going to a party with a bunch of drunk guys? We, we have a story in... In the scripture about Mephibosheth, he was, he, he, he was a relative of the king of Israel. And, and he had a nurse that was taking care of him. And she became afraid and she jumped up. And, and in jumping up, she dropped him. I remember the, our first child... It was it was a, it was a, it was a it was a tough you know he had colic and so he eight o'clock at night till two o'clock every morning that baby just cried we did everything we do everything the doctor could tell us and he was wearing Galebeth out I've I've got to be at work at five o'clock in the morning so I'm of little help you know but there came a Saturday where I said listen I want you to go in the bedroom take a nap. I'm going to take the baby to the mall. Oh, I don't I'm taking the baby to the mall. I'm going to put him in the wheelchair or the little scooter thing, and I'm going to push him around. Everything will be fine. And everything was fine for a while until I got back to get in the car. And I put the little scooter up next to the car, and, and I picked him up out of it, and, oh, no, the keys. I've got to, I've got to unlock the door, you know, and, and he, he seemed like he was kind of still. And so I, I sat this little bum on my arm and I leaned him against my 
and I, I reached into my pocket to get my keys, and I, I did that, and all of a sudden he decided now's a good time to throw his head back. And so my arm's over here, and he's throwing his head back, and so all I could do is squeeze, and he went down, and I pulled him up. And he's like, <laughs> oh, my God, are you okay? But at a month old, they don't say much. He just had this dazed look in his eyes. I thought the first time out with him, I'm about to break him. Well, his, his nanny jumped up, and she was afraid, and she, she dropped him. And when she picked him up, his legs were broke. And they never healed right. He never walked again, and it wasn't his fault. Somebody, somebody dropped him. And there are people here today that dad dropped you. Mom dropped you. Your, your, your husband, your, your wife, your, your friend. Somebody that was responsible for you dropped you. You're, you're, you're that lost coin. And you're not the sheep that ran away. You're not the son that got into himself. You're, you're the coin that because of the actions of somebody else, you find yourself in a place you don't want to be. And you, you don't want to be in depression, but that's where you find yourself. And you don't want, you don't want to be angry, but you find yourself angry. And you, you, you don't want to be. You, could, you had plans in your life. You wanted to do something with your life, but you keep slipping back into that same rut again and again and again. How do I get out of this rut? I remember a struggle that I had as, as a believer even after getting saved. And I remember crying out to God. I said, God, here's what's so bad about this. I didn't choose this struggle. This struggle chose me. I didn't ask to be abused. I didn't ask to have to deal with the anger and, and the betrayal with, that comes with that abuse. So if I didn't do it, why am I stuck with fixing it? Can anybody relate? And then when we run into believers, Christians, who encounter us in that mess, and they bring a gavel. Can I tell you, if you want to help somebody, you can't sit in judgment of them. You can't help somebody get right by telling them how wrong they are. If they're the sheep and the son, yes. But if they're the coin, we need to be believers like this lady. She understood more about love than most believers do. Because when the coin was lost, the first thing she grabbed was a candle. You see, the coin's lost because it's dark. 
Would to God that we in the body of Christ could understand something. We are the light of the world. We're the light that shines in darkness. You, you want to you wanna help somebody who's been dropped? Who's been abused? Neglected? Who's broken? Starts with the light. They don't need you to bring more darkness. Come on, they know what darkness is. Somebody whose highlight of their day is to end it hugging a toilet, throwing up what they spent their paycheck on buying. You don't have to tell them they're miserable. You don't have to tell them that's stupid. You don't have to tell them how much. Don't you think they know? Come on, folks. I'm preaching better than y'all are letting on right now. What they need is not more darkness. They need somebody to bring a light. Somebody who understands that the coin is lost. And it's not the fault of the coin. It's the fault of darkness. Whoo. And if I want to fix it, I'm going to have to show up with a light. I don't have to show up not with a gavel of judgment. I'm going to show up with some light. I'm going to show up with a candle that says, I know what the problem is. The problem isn't you. It's what was done to you. And let me take the light of God in me and begin to undo the darkness in you. And so you love them. And they don't know what to do with that. And so they act bad. And they act strange. And they, they even fight it because it feels unnatural to them. Like cockroaches, you turn the light on and they go, what? And they scatter. Well, except for that one hotel room I went in. I thought it was on some kind of a prank TV show. I, it was only 49 bucks a night, but all I needed was a bed and a toilet. I paid my $49 and opened the door, and the stench hit me. What in the world? Am I in a mortuary? I flicked on the light, and I'm not kidding you. There was 40 to 50 cockroaches on the walls. And honestly, I'm telling you the truth. Here's my honest thought pattern. I've always wanted to be on canned camera. Here it is. I'm going to make this good because th this can't be real. And I thought, you know, they didn't run. Those were all fake cockroaches. Not a one of them moved. And I went over and looked. They weren't fake. They're like, go ahead and lay down, dude. We're ready. We're ready. Lay down. You're sleepy. You're sleepy. I walked to the front desk and I said, is this a joke? There's dead bodies rotting in there somewhere. There are cockroaches all over the wall. And she didn't blink an eye. She'll go, I'll give you a different room. He said, no, you won't. You'll give me my money back. 
As I'm standing there, I could start to feel them crawling on me. I mean, they're brave. They don't even move at the light. Where is I going with this, Sean? And listen, you, 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 don't, you don't give up on people just because they don't know what to do with your love. You start this engagement with them because you understand that they're in this mess because somebody put darkness in them. And the only way to drive out darkness is with light. There's no other way. Speak life and speak light to them. That's what, that's what we as believers are supposed to do. Too many are too busy passing judgment. The letter of the law. Well, the Bible says the letter of the law kills. The spirit of the law gives life. We need to show up with a candle. I know what's wrong with you, man. You've never really been loved. You've never been talked to like you're valuable. You've not been treated right. was in an altar one time, and a young man came up for prayer, and he, he looked down, and, and I, I said, Lord, I just, what, what do I do? What do I pray for him about? And the Lord said, have him look at you. He said, that's a mean thing to do to him. I said, son, let's look at me for a moment. He did this. I said, no, no, lift your head up. Look at me. I, I didn't have words to say. I was, I'm waiting, Carol. Waiting for the next word from God. What do I say? He's just looking at me. And I could see him start to tear up. And I was amazed. God was doing something. I found out later that one of his biggest heart cries was that nobody looked at him anymore. That was the thing his dad did to him all the time. Don't you look at me, boy, unless you're starting a fight. So when he dressed his dad, his head had to be down. Tell me God isn't personal. Bring light. Bring light, not more darkness. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that write Christ Jesus. So bring them to Christ Jesus so there'll be no condemnation. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Bring a candle. Bring a word. Bring a kindness. Secondly, she pulled a broom. Why? Because there's dirt. That's what's wrong. She understood why, why the coin was lost. The coin was lost not because the coin is a bad coin. Listen to me. Though that coin was lost, it still had value. We bought, we bought our house off of a, um, a lady who... Uh, her family built the house in 1952, and they're the only people that ever lived in it. 
So she was born in that house, and she grew up in that house, and Dad passed away about 15 years ago, and three years ago when we bought the house, Mom had just gotten to the place where she just was too old to live on her own. She had to go to a nursing home, and so the house was now empty. Well taken care of, but it was right back in happy days. I mean, <laughs> this was the original carpet, original paint on the walls. This is a nice, solid house, but it was old. But we, we, we used to joke about, because the guy, even though we'd never met him, we, he seemed like I could tell by the way, you know, he took care of things. He's one of those guys that stuck money in a metal box and hid it somewhere in the house. And, and after we had bought the house, we had invited her, the daughter over, because she's the one that we bought of. She's an only child. We invited her over for a meal. And um, we're sitting at the table, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't quite understand where she was at with this. But as we're talking, I go, oh, by the way, I, we found something. And she goes, what? I said, a, a box with $50,000 in it. She goes, you give that back. I said, I'm just teasing. It wasn't hers, and it was lost, but it still had value to her. This coin, listen to me, the coin still had value. It's dirt, listen to me. Hear with, ear, hear with your spiritual ears. The coin still had value. Even though it was lost and in darkness and covered with dirt, it still had value. Are you with me? And, and we, we need to see everybody that we run into as having value. But the problem isn't that they don't have value. The problem is there's not a light and there's dirt. And so what did she do? She, she, she brought in a candle to light, and then she brought in a broom. God raised up a, a church full of broom sweepers. Sweep it off of them. People have said bad things to her. And you, you take it off by speaking good things to her. Come on. She, he thinks he's, he's, he's trash because that's how he was treated. So sweep that off. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, man, you're not trash. You're, you're valuable. God loves you. You're valuable to him. You just sweep it off. Just ask God every day now, for a long time, this has been my prayer, first thing in the morning. God, give me words of life to share with somebody. So I was traveling. I was out of town in a city I'd never been in before, and I stopped for lunch at Subway. And I walked in, and the young man was busy. It was just one guy working behind the counter, and just before he turned to wait on me, God gave me a word for him. So he said, can I help you? And I said, not until I've helped you. He said, excuse me? I said, God just told me something about you. 
and I shared it with him and he started crying he said how did you know that I said I didn't know that God knows that he wants you to know he loves you and it was something very personal that had just happened the night before isn't God cool And that was just brushing off. We, we need to be willing to brush some stuff off of people. Amen? We need to get up every day with the heart's desire to brush something off. You see somebody, say a good word to them. I'm not just talking about throwing up. Bible has bad things to say about a flatterer. I'm not talking about walking around giving flattery. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Not your words, his words of spirit in their life. And so he'll give you words. The ministry of the broom and the candle, or the candle and the broom. Here's the good news. You're here this morning, and you're that coin. There's, there's, there's several people in here this morning who know exactly what I'm talking about talking to the person who's in a rut and you swear you'll never get out of it. You have tried and you have tried and you have tried and you can't no more get out of that rut than this coin can get itself found. Are you hearing me? Here's the good news. Somebody's coming with a candle and a broom. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. We don't know how long the coin was lost, but this we do know. We know that somebody's coming with a candle and a broom. God isn't going to leave you sitting like that. God knows what happened. God knows you were dropped. God knows how you got lost. He knows what's wrong. And I'm telling you on the authority of the Word of God this morning, Somebody is coming with a candle and a broom. And there's going to be rejoicing. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.